I'm Thomas Mai. And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, Not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like-minded creators and help each other. Subscribe, email us, and be part of the creative journey. Zane? Thomas? You know what day it is today? Uh, I'm going to say that it's Friday. It's Friday. It's my favorite uh, day of the week. Do you know why Friday is my favorite day of the week? Uh, Because the weekend is tomorrow? That's part of it. We release an episode on Fridays. Yes, and I get to see you and spend some time with you on Fridays. There we go. There we go. So, welcome to uh, Craving Creativity. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My name is Thomas Mai, and your name is? Zane C. Weber. And this is the uh, show where we talk about being creative. We find a safe space where we talk about everything being creative. And today we're going to talk about creative editing. And you came up with the topic today. So, can you elaborate a little bit on that? I did. Now, editing is, uh, is it's, a, it's a weird concept to get your head around yeah. when you're talking about editing creatively. I, I mean it not so much in like editing audio or editing film. Yeah. It's about refining what you've done, excising oh, no. what is unnecessary and emphasizing what is, uh, what is most important about a project. Okay. Um, so I think this is, I have, I like, I love, finding quotes um, yes. on the internet. So I have quite a long one, so bear with me. But this one is from Charles Finch. Uh, he's an author. Uh, he wrote The Vanishing Man and The Last Enchantments. Um, and he says, To me, the biggest single mark of an amateur writer is a sense of hurry. Hurry to finish a manuscript, hurry to edit it, hurry to publish it. It's definitely possible to write a book in a month, leave it unedited, and watch it go off into the world and be declared a masterpiece. It happens every 50 years or so. (laughs) For the rest of us, the single greatest ally we have is time. There's no page of prose in existence that its author can't improve after it's been in the drawer for a week. The same is true on the macro level. Every time I finish a story or a book, I try to put it away and forget about it for as long as I can. When I return, its problems are often so obvious and easy to fix that I'm amazed I ever struggled with them. Amateur writers are usually desperate to be published as soon as possible, and I understand that feeling. You just want it to start, your career, your next book, whatever. But I wonder how many self-published novels might have had a chance at getting bored and finding more readers if their authors had had more patience with them. Mm. So editing is work. Yes. And it's and unfortunately, it's a part of creativity that often gets hidden away. Yes. Because we all want to be we all want to be the Picasso. We all want to have like a we want to have massive success. But the thing about that is like Picasso learned how to do what Picasso did for about 20 years before yes. Picasso became Picasso. Yes. Um, and there is no movie in existence that hasn't been gone over 20 different times, maybe by the same person, maybe by different people in order to end up with what you see on the screen. 
And so I think editing is something that we need to talk about and its place in the creative process because it is so often hidden away. Yes, I, I like that. That's a good idea. And I like what you're saying about honing in or chipping away or whatever the term is that you keep adapting, keep changing what it is that you're doing. So it's not just done on the first go, but it takes time to mature. I can yeah. definitely uh, relate to that. And um, if you talk to... George R. R. Martin, who writes the Game of Thrones, <laughs> mm. he certainly takes his time. He does, and and he and honestly, he is he's non apologetic for it, which no. I appreciate. Yeah, no, it takes a time. It takes a time. I mean, yeah, the TV show ended. The TV show <laughs> did it, but he keeps saying he'll be ready for it. He never was, and what two years, three years later, it's yeah. still not out. Even he even had a <laughs> pandemic to work on it. <laughs> still not ready. It's it's going to be ready when it's ready. And there's something. <laughs> true about that and now he's also in a financial position i presume where he doesn't have to hurry yes so yeah. there is something truth to i want to get discovered i want to get processed but maybe working on two different things and then switch between both Absolutely. of them and that way you can forget one go back to the other but yes every i mean even if it's a speech <laughs> requires <laughs> a lot of chipping away and honing in or a comedy sketch even comedians getting up on stage it's not something they just yeah. pulled out of there <laughs> behind it's 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 been tested it's been tried it's been done over and over and over again absolutely until like you stand up comedy i think stand up comedy is a great way to yes. approach it because yeah. yeah you you often think that like oh i saw that special and it was all is one hour of yeah. new new material yeah. That it might have been new to you, but they've been working on that material for the last year in yeah. front of other people yes. on, on stages that you weren't yes. there for. To learn the timing, to yeah. learn the rhythm, to learn <laughs> the flow of it, because yes, it looks very normal to them, but a lot of time went into yeah. to get it to flow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that is also uh it's 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 really interesting because I come from a theater background that theater is like the inverse. You yes. edit before you get on stage. Yes. And so you're kind of editing as you're creating. Yes. So the director and the actors are getting their heads around what yes. needs to happen and what is happening and then taking parts away and putting new place parts in their place. Um and that is that is part of the editing process that I don't think people regard as an editing process, even after the play is set in stone in the script. Staging it is a whole different editing process. And even when it comes to lighting and sound and and set, all every single part of every creative endeavor, you need to step back, reassess if it's yes. achieving its goals. Yes. But then you need to go, okay, what will make it better? Yes. And not just what can I add to it to make it better, what can I take away, take away. Exactly. to make it more efficient? Yes, you yes. Know. So the question is, but when do you know when it's ready? You don't. I think I don't I think that's the answer. Like you never know. <clears throat> I think well, Charles Finch writes it there, like you can work on something and work on something and work on something, you'll come back to it and there's still more that you yes. could do. Yes. It's really a matter of taking in all the other, all the other impulses that you have. Like, yes. Do I need to sell this to make money? Yeah. If I need to sell this right now to make money, then it's as good as it's going to get because I need it right now. Yeah. If I'm creating this and I don't need to sell it to make money, I'm going to give myself a week. I'm going yes. to come back and reassess and, and, and do that. Or maybe I'll hand it off to someone else to get some notes from outside of myself um, to get thoughts on, on editing. So 
yeah, I think I don't, I don't think anything's <laughs> ever going to be perfect. No. Um, even things that I consider perfect from other people, yeah. <laughs> they probably don't think are perfect because no. they, in their, in their minds, they know I should have done that. I should that change line, this. Yeah. <laughs> that line always got me. It's this, it doesn't sit right. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's funny in, in, in the film process, right? Mm. Editing is a very important tool. Of course, so is the script. I mean, script is the first thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to get the script right, but then you're going to get the, the actors cast right. Then you're going to get the acting done right. Then you're going to get the direction done right. You're going to get the light done right. You're going to get the camera work done right. <laughs> but all that stuff is then put together in a big, big box. And then it's given to an editor or a team of editors. Yeah. And then they have to try to make sense of it because when you are on a film set, right? It makes sense at that moment. Yeah. But there's no flow because it's stop and go, stop and go, as we talked about before, right? Two minutes, right? Yeah. That's what you can do in a good day, <laughs> two and a half minutes. So the editor has this amazing power, but is really a storyteller and have to make sure that all the elements, so from the music, the flow, the rhythm, the, the pace, the, the, the actors, when do you cut in on the actors? When do you cut away? Because you have all these different options, right? Yeah. When do we set the scene? When do we follow the scene? When do we get into the scene? How do we, how do we, how do we experience it? And so a great editor can, can, propel a movie into new heights and that terrible editor can destroy a movie just like Absolutely. a terrible director <laughs> script or actor can do it as well but the editor has a lot of power and 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 he or she or they um have to do a great job um, yeah. so um i have a tremendous respect for for editors in the editing room and talking about killing your darlings leaving the great <laughs> scenes on the floor because yeah. it doesn't flow well Right. Uh, the other day, you and I were discussing what was it, the film Passengers. Did we talk about that? I think yep. you and I talked about the film Passengers. Yes, it's the film yeah. with uh, Chris Pratt and yep. um, what's her name, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. And um, I think it's a good film. It follows the hero's journey, which is a structure that you can agree with or not agree with. But a man wakes up on a spaceship, and he's in coma, induced coma, and he wakes up what sixty-seven years too early. Yeah, right. and he's going to die alone on that ship, right? And he's surrounded by five to five thousand individuals. That's all the food he can have. He has a room to sleep in, but he's stranded in space. It's Robinson Crusoe in space, yes. right? Basically, yeah. and then he falls in love with Jennifer Lawrence character because he finds out more about her. She's in coma, and he's given the option because he's a mechanic. He can wake her up, and if he does, he's dooming her to die on the ship together yeah. with him. Yep. So that's the moral of the story, and it's good. I think it works. I think a lot of people didn't like, it. but then someone came along and said, "What if?" We had seen it from the perspective of Jennifer Lawrence's character. She wakes up. This guy is already there. He's a little bit weird. <laughs> There's a vibe to him yeah. that we don't understand. And later on, we find out. And then we can have the whole beginning of him. But he turns out to be bad, but then he turns out to be good because we understand him. And that's editing. And yeah. I always thought, wow, that would have made the film so much better. Much more compelling. Much more compelling because yeah. you see from her point of view, she's like, I'm waking up, but but... This guy, he also woke up and did I wake up? And eventually she finds out the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then we could see his whole beginning. I just thought that would be so much stronger. And there was somebody on YouTube who was a great editor who came up with that suggestion. I just thought, wow, that would have really, really worked. But they went with a safe option and just went through all the 12 structures or 17 structures in, in the hero's <laughs> journey. Anyway, just want to point that out as an example. I hope people can follow that, whether they've seen the film or not. Absolutely. I just think that could have been a great way to make a good film even better. And that's the thing, I think... Because at every point along the creative journey, before you get to the edit, you do need to be taking the edit into consideration. Yeah. Because 
especially with film or or podcasts, like you need the coverage first. So you need the content there to have anything to work with. Yes. But then you need to take into account the timing, the lighting and the, the, the presentation overall. Yes. Um, and I think that, that is why I think talking about the edit and the, the art of editing is necessary when discussing the creative process, because otherwise you're just going to like, Oh, to have a movie, I just need to get this on camera and yeah. then it'll be yes. made into a movie. Yes. But if you're getting that on camera with the right timing at the right angles with the right lighting and the actors are carrying through their emotion from one scene to the next. Exactly. These are basic ideas, yes. but you need to capture that in the moment. Yeah. You can't fix that in in post. <laughs> <laughs> but but this guy, and I'm going to link to him in the show notes, mm-hmm. um, he went in and he caught because Chris Pratt, the way he looks, because he keeps staring at her, right? Yeah, because yeah. He, there it she is, she's suddenly alive. <laughs> but when you don't know the backstory, he becomes creepy. Yeah. And so she wakes up to this creepy guy keeps staring at her. So he edited that based upon, he got the movie, of course, and started editing it, and it works. So mm. I'm going to link in there. If somebody wants to check that out, check it out. It's in the show notes. But I just thought that was Look, interesting. Yeah, there are great YouTube series yeah. that attest to the power of editing by recutting movies yes. into different genres. Yes, of course. So I like Harry Potter as a horror horror yes, movie yes. Is, a, is a fun one. Um, or Jaws as a fun uh, family holiday Holiday the movie. Shining as yes. a comedy, you know, <laughs> um, and I think yeah. that is that that is a te- just a test of the power that an, the edit has. Yes, uh, and but there's also a famous quote, and I can't I can't find the attribution. It's a famous fashion designer that says, "When you've put your outfit on for the day and you've accessorized, stand in front of a mirror and remove one thing." And then you're ready for the day. Uh, So it's like, just wear less than you imagine you're going to, because it's not necessary. And I think um, that is the, the beauty of editing as well is you can hone and, and add an, uh, an element of sophistication to a project that may not have been there before by polishing it. Yes. Yeah. Polishing, honing, editing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that many great works of art, uh, whether they are, sculptures, paintings, books, films, music, just that process of producing it and honing it. I think yeah. it just becomes better at it. And so our advice is to the creators out there, spend some extra time on it. Let it, let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. And, and I think also keep the edit in mind as you're creating. Yes. Um, I know that that's, asking a lot because yes. you're always thinking of a lot of things when you're creating. But I think poetry and poets have the greatest skill when it comes to editing because they have a concept in their head yes. that they want to get onto paper, but they have to use as fewer words or the right words in the right format with the right meter to get it onto the, get it onto less the page. Is more. And less is more. Yeah. Uh, so I think poets have a, this great way of just like, revisiting, figuring it out is like, no, how do I put that? And sometimes it gets really esoteric, but a good poem is a metaphor that is so obvious that it seems like the truth. And yeah, so I think that's, that is kind of the pinnacle of editing for me is poetry. Um, I, I think you're right. That's, that's a good point yeah. uh, because they, the words have to speak to themselves and become bigger than just the words, the yeah. individual words. The, the sum of all the words have to be bigger <laughs> and the meaning and the purpose. Absolutely. I think that's uh, that's that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's my advice is like I, 
I personally love editing other people's work. Yes. Um, I like taking their ideas and, yes. and asking, what about this? What's happening here? Tell me more about this. Does okay. this need to be here? Ah. Um, and how, and so any kind of work, or are we just talking podcasting here? What are we talking No, about? yeah. So um, I particularly like reading people's books yeah. or scripts, yeah. um, both movies and, and theatre and podcasting is stuff that I do every day. So, yeah. you know, I probably won't do that in my spare time for fun. Um, he says doing a podcast in his spare time for fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love taking other people's ideas and what they've created and trying to, trying to uh, polish it basically uh, to hone it down to just what it needs to be. Yeah. And like we spoke of in our last episode about collaboration, I think that is where I fit in best as a collaborator is me uh, basically taking your ideas and and refining them mm. um, into into what you you want the final product to be. I like and that. that's why I wanted to talk about editing as well. I think that's really good. Um, I again from the film perspective, and that's that the yeah. world I come from. You know, when you're watching, when you're reading a script, the first draft and the second draft, the third draft, the fourth draft, and you keep reading all different drafts, they all taint. It's the same story. Yeah, there might be new characters, might sleep, but it's a completely different story because the tone, the developments, the arch, the, the the various structures just change fundamentally. And also, when you're into the editing room, you're watching the first. Cut, the second <laughs> cut, the third cut, and so forth and so forth. You're watching a new movie every single time. Yeah. And that's really when you have to agree when to stop because in the editing room, once you said, that's it, no more. <laughs> and it's very hard to do because you've got sound effects waiting, you've got yep. the post mix waiting, you've got the, the, back in the old days, you had to get everything on chemicals, you know, the, the celluloid, you had to get 35 millimeter, but also all the the, the, the the sound mix, everything has to be done and they can't get started unless you've signed off. Yep. So there is a machine working and so unfortunately, you don't always have the time. Yeah. Because as a student, you booked in six weeks of edits, <laughs> uh, six weeks of sound mix and final mix and, uh, music and effects and all these various things you have to do and it's already yeah. scheduled out you already paid for it or and, and you already booked the room and you're going to lose them if you don't so you, you're you're you are just you, you talked your last episode you talked about your 24 hour challenge on the yeah, music yeah. that's just, just down to the wire you yep. have to get this done so yeah. but as I mentioned before in one of the other episodes the, 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 the timeline the deadline functions as you, you I get more creative and more effective yeah. the closer I get to that deadline because you have to. It's yeah. just you have all these people waiting for you. Yeah, I get so much more decisive. As <laughs> well, as you have to. You, it's like, there's, yep. <laughs> it's been in the oven long enough. Let's pull it out, okay? <laughs> um, and, and I think that is, that, is, that is the message is like give it the time it needs Yes, if you can. Yes. And if you can't, then it's done. Yes. <laughs> so on every episode, we do a top three list and we have to challenge each other to come up with a top three list. Now, I'm a little bit curious here. <laughs> what made you decide that we have to come up with our top three short films? Uh, I pick short films because I think short films very much like function like poetry. Yes. In that you want to get a theme and a story across yes. in, a, in a brief and stylistic way. Yes. Um, and I think that they can be 
there, there's a huge range of, of movies that have started out as shorts and have gone like, that is great. Let's make it into a feature length. Yes. I'm thinking of um, uh, District 9 started as a oh, short. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. And so I think, and I'm, we are both Pixar fans. Yes. So Pixar has a, has a history of releasing a short per movie yeah. and, and that's how they test their concepts. Uh, so yeah, I love the demonstration of a short film as kind of uh, brevity. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, putting putting forth a fully formed story in a very brief and constrained format. It's it's funny because I'm the film guy here, right? <laughs> and we talk about film. I can talk about so many films, but you really challenged me on finding <laughs> short films. So so I was really like, wow, I really had to spend some. A lot it of time has, thinking about this. It's so. only been the last couple of years that I've got really interested in short really? films and okay. short stories. Okay. Um, I, I really love the uh, that you, if you're in a novel, you need full characters, you need full settings, you need yeah, yeah. full motivations. In a short story, you don't need any of that. No. It's, there's just a person doing a thing and yeah. you're there for it. Exactly. And you get to fill in all the spaces you want after it. And right. I think uh, short films function in much the same way. All right, so let's hear your first one. My first one, and this is the one with the most dialogue. Okay. Um, and it's dialogue written in rhyming couplets. Uh, it is Tim Burton's Vincent. Oh. Um, so this is, he worked with Disney and it's claymation and it's just about a little boy who's obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe and and so on. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's it's very simple. But it is... This basically gives you every idea about Tim Burton's aesthetic that is going to go on throughout his ah, entire so career. Th- so this was before he started making. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is 1987, okay. I think. All right. So this is really kind of the prototype yes. of Tim Burton's style yeah. and and approach to storytelling. Um, kind of childish but macabre and uh yeah kind of like very exaggerated features on on the on the people uh so yeah vincent by tim burton is it's black and white it's claymation uh but it's still entertaining the whole way through it's only like seven minutes i think okay wow so i'll put the links in the show notes yeah we can check it out. um my first one i'm going to start with age because this is an old one and it's all the way back from 1963 and some black and white. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why it has a lot of meaning for me is because in Denmark, and I think believe Germany and a couple of other countries around the world, they show it every New Year's Eve. Same film, okay. every New Year's Eve. So it becomes a tradition, right? And it's a very silly story. This old, it's, it's in Danish, it's called the 90-year-old birthday. And a woman turns 90. And she's invited all her friends to come along. But of course, they're all dead. So she sits at the end of the table. She's got three friends on one side, three friends on the other side. But her butler is running around serving everyone yeah. and making sure everybody drinks. <laughs> and he has a cheer for everyone. So you can see where this is going. See, so Every time she drinks once, he has to drink six times. And of course, it's six course meals. And by the end of the day, he is just hammered. Yeah. It's comedy. It's funny because he just keeps getting more and more drunk. And yeah. he's really good at playing drunk. So <laughs> it's a funny, funny show. So it's called Dinner for One. It's from 1963. It's black and white. I watched it as a kid. I watched it as an adult. It's funny. I'll definitely check that one out. Okay. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, my next one is Pixar. And yeah. this is one, there's no dialogue at all, mm. as Pixar loves to do. Yeah. There is a song, though, and it does tell a very um, distinct story. This one was released, I believe, in pairing oh. with Moana, oh. I want to say. And yeah. it's called Lava. Okay. It's basically uh, 
a volcano singing a love song about how he wants someone to love, uh, but no one's around. Um, but there is another volcano under the, under the earth that as soon as he kind of ages past and he sinks into the ocean, uh, this other volcano sprouts into life and she starts singing his song because she's heard it all this time. And so he erupts and they, they're, they're happy, happy volcanoes together. Um, but again, they're volcanoes and there's no dialogue, but you feel so strongly. Yeah. Um, and I think that is Pixar's really great at just kind of visual and emotional yes. storytelling without words. Up is a great example. Yeah. Um, Wally is a great example where there's like 20 think, minutes, 25 yeah. <laughs> minutes with no dialogue. And yep. you just, and you were mesmerized by the story because they tell the story through emotion. Yeah, through the, absolutely. And um yeah, that's just, and it's good because it works in every language. Yeah. So and well the, done. Yeah, that first scene of Up is just like, oh, that kills me every single time. It's the only movie that I can remember making me cry. Yeah. Is that opening scene of yeah. Up. And Lava and Moana. You've seen Moana, right? I've there's, seen Moana, There's yes. definitely a Lava Monster at the end of it, which, <laughs> the, which is Taka, <laughs> which turned into uh, yeah. Tafiti, which is, yeah. I will say she Tafiti kind of looks like the, the volcano that comes in at the end of the story. Okay. Well, kind of, but it is kind of the, the Hawaiian mythology of the islands looking like people. Yeah. And being treated as people. My next short film, um, is the jewel. It's called jewel. It's from 1971. And it's by one of your favorite directors. It's by Steven Spielberg. Oh, okay. And this is the film that set him on his journey to become the director he does. Um, he'd done a few episodes of TV shows before that. He's done some shorts. This one is, I said, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. It's Dennis Quaid. He's driving a car and this truck is trying to get him off the road. I have seen this. It yes. is, yeah. there's not much dialogue. You never see the bad guy. You just see this truck and it's just yeah. trying to push him into a railroad crossing, push him over the cliffs. He walks into a diner once and sitting with all these truckers. He doesn't know which one it is. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is just one to kill him. And it's a sense suspenseful. It works. It's drama. It's, it's really good. And he got discovered because of this, uh, this short film. And he went on to make a couple of years, three years later, he makes Jaws. So yeah. he's on his right path after this one. So that's my, uh, that's my second one. That That's another, that's a great editing yeah. in that. Oh, absolutely. In that. Uh, short because yeah. again with no dialogue and, yeah. and you're in a re- very restricted space yes the drama comes from the edit yes yeah and it's it's really well done well so um yeah yeah uh the most recent one yeah um now this one you can watch on netflix it yeah. is called if anything happens i love you um now this is only 11 minutes long uh and it is an animation there's no dialogue again um and it's not very it's not lush animation it's very like sketchbooky animation but it tells the story and there's three characters it tells the story of parents grieving mm. after they lose a child oh. um and it's all black and white except for very distinct uses of color mm. uh and basically yeah it's it's there are the the three characters are the mother the father and the child um and then you have their either their spirits or their ghosts that you see that they're kind of like emoting where the parents are just not doing anything. Um, this is really because there's almost nothing here. Mm. It's sketchbook animation. Yeah. There is no dialogue. It is just story and wow. symbolism. Um, this is really great and really great. Really, really um, affecting as well. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I did not. I haven't seen that one. I'll check. That I will out. say there there is like it, 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 a little political at the end, um, because of the 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 way that the child died. But it is it, it's it's a really great short film. Wow. Um, I will put it in the show notes yep. for people to check out, and I want to check out myself. My last one is um almost recent. It's still eighteen years old, nineteen years <laughs> old. It's it's a short film. The reason why I'm choosing this is because it was a Danish-nominated short film, and I happened to be living in California at the time. I knew mm-hmm. the producer. He invited me, gave me a ticket to the to the Oscars, so I was there. <laughs> I was there, saw it live, uh, and they won the Oscar for it. So for me, that's a short film that I have a that, lot of happy you. memories <laughs> with. Uh, uh, you got paid to recommend this film. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid with a with ticket a, to with the, the tickets. Um, I don't know if the film stands the test of time mm. and which I think is going to be a future episode we're going to do, yeah. you know, whether it hits something in the site guy, something in, the, in here now or whether it's a, but it's still amazing memory and amazing experience to be at the Kodak theater. Absolutely. Yeah. When one of your friends win an Oscar. Yeah. So um, it's called uh, the charming man uh, in Danish and Undiment. and I will link you in the show notes and Please do. people can, can check it out. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> I can tell you it's true. If you go out in town in 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 Hollywood or LA uh, with with an Oscar, uh, <laughs> any door will open for you. Get a table anywhere. You are very welcome everywhere. Absolutely. And, and the fun parties at various. That's all I can say. <laughs> so you just got to wear wear a jacket and yeah. carry carry an Oscar. Yeah. Um, yes. Fake or otherwise. <laughs> yes. No. No. Because everybody wants to touch it and they'll know oh, right away whether right. it's yeah. real because it's very heavy now. Yeah. Mind you, I never touched it. I, <laughs> I, I never touched it because I didn't. I know it's it's ridiculous, but if I ever want to touch one, it should be my own. I yeah. don't think we were going to get there, but <laughs> to this day, I still haven't touched. Never Oscar. say never. I, I've never had, had many chances of touching an Oscar, but I haven't. Done. I just want to point that out. <laughs> we're open to collaboration. Oh, thank you, thank you, saying let's let's get it done. <laughs> well, Excellent. yeah, that's our that's, that's our episode. That's our episode for today. So. As always, um, if you think somebody, if you know somebody who thinks they're gonna like this podcast, share it with them. Share it with your editor. Yes, yeah. yeah. Share it with the person you're editing with. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, they because, like I said, like I, I brought this up because I don't think editors get enough love. No, I don't think give they, them love. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they they get recognized for the part that they play in the creative process. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, share that with them and also. Leave us a good review. If you give us a five-star review, we'll read it out on a future episode of our, of our podcast. Zane, it's a pleasure working with you. It's a pleasure working with you, Thomas. And now out over to the editing for you. You're going to edit this episode. I think I think we've had a good run this episode. Not a lot of editing for me to do, but we'll see. All right. Thank you. <laughs>